It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome into A to Z Sports Primetime on this Thursday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the great people at True Math Fitness in the Gulch. Go and get your first workout free. Get the best workout in Middle Tennessee at True Math Fitness, conveniently located downtown Nashville. TrueMathFitness.com is how you find out about all their great options. And the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands practicing in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 35 counties in the state of Tennessee, amandajgentry.com. Preseason game finale tomorrow night, the Patriots. Sounds like they're going to play some starters. Sounds like some Titans starters could see some action as well. I don't anticipate Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry playing. Don't necessarily think I'm going to see Jeff Simmons or DeAndre Hopkins out there. But the for, uh, for the most part, other than that, I think it's kind of open season on dudes who might get some snaps in. Harold Landry comes to mind. I don't know if the Titans secondary, the starters in the secondary are going to get out there. Roger McCreary, Sean Murphy Bunting, Christian Fulton. I know you guys are curious to see them. Imani Hooker's been making plays all over the place in practice. I think there's probably a higher percentage chance that Harold plays, but in the meantime, let's talk about some guys who we know aren't roster locks. We'll look at a variety of different positions, and I think you have A lot of different players that you could choose from who still have a lot of work to do to get themselves in position to make the roster. And that's where we'll start with your Two Rivers Ford take. Which Titan has the most to prove in tomorrow night's preseason finale? You can give your answer on whichever platform you're streaming us live on, and we will discuss right after I remind you that the Two Rivers Ford take is made possible. By the people at Two Rivers Ford. Love Two Rivers Ford. It's the reason that I shop there. Same reason DeAndre Hopkins is a customer. Coach Dave McGinnis of Titans Radio. Ramon Foster and Don Davenport. My colleagues at 104.5 The Zone. The best car buying experience is at Two Rivers Ford. 40 years doing business with honesty and integrity. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So who has the most to prove uh, in tomorrow night's preseason game. Dre Wilson says Monty Rice. So I don't I don't know if Monty's going to play. Uh, he has not been available to practice in each of the last two weeks. Now, the thing with Monty is it's an injury. He continues to rehab. This is the second year. Is it the second or third year that Monty Rice has experienced some kind of injury? Well, I guess he missed a chunk of the start of last season with injury time, but then ultimately did get his way onto the field and now thus far played in one preseason game. So you can't use him on the physically unable to perform list once the season begins. He'd have to take up an injured reserve spot. I, I'm i inclined to think that just because they invested a third-round pick in him, they'll probably try to make it work. But, I, I mean, he's lost that starting job to Jack Gibbons. So, I mean – 
I don't know that he's going to be able to go tomorrow night. It sounds like he's going to be unavailable. But I think Monty Rice is very much a candidate as you start to look at this thing of, all right, would they even bother to put a guy like that on injured reserve or would they consider him a sunk cost drafted by a different administration looking for a different kind of inside linebacker or at least, you know, somebody who's going to give them more opportunities. They have Jack Gibbons. He's got a talent ceiling, certainly, but they do seem to trust him more. Uh, Who has the most to prove right now? Jackie Holbert says the damn kicker. Uh, This is ridiculous. I, you know, Michael Badgley had a much better day at practice on Wednesday than he did on Tuesday. And so we'll see what he looks like in game action. And it doesn't guarantee that he'll make this active roster. Mike Vrabel said they were going to continue to look at kickers. And I, you know, I very much anticipate doing them, them doing exactly that. But I think that Badgley is a great nominee for this topic. I think that Michael Badgley is anything but a certainty and and basically the Titans special teams that the, the management of the kicking situation has been so piss poor just across the board piss poor basically since Vrabel's uh since they brought back Ryan Suckup too early from injured reserve now that was a John Robinson decision but they have treated it with a level of casualness that I mean it just isn't sustainable it, it's cost them games it's cost them Games where they've been in contests that have been decided by three or fewer points. They had three of those games last year. Two games where field goals were missed. One to play for overtime against the Chargers. Another one in the season opener to make. I don't know if either one of those guarantees that you're in the playoffs at the end of the year. But the margin for error was that thin at the end of the year that all you needed was a win and in in Jacksonville. So perhaps a better outcome in one or both of those games would have given you a path to the AFC South for a third consecutive year instead of going home in uh, in shambles after losing on the road in Jacksonville in a catastrophic way. So I think there's a lot of good candidates that uh, you guys have submitted, but I think the place that uh, the the place that comes to mind for me is Mason Kinsey. I think there's a chance that Mason Kinsey can make the roster, and if for no other reason he makes he can make the initial roster and maybe ends up back on the practice squad at a, at a later date once Kyle Phillips and Traylon Burks are available to participate. This is as good an opportunity as he's going to get. So who has the most to prove? I think Mason Kinsey has to show them something tangible to where he has improved as a wide receiver or a returner. To date, he's only been put into game action one time despite Phillips, I think, missing seven games throughout the course of last year, and it was just really as a returner. So I think Mason Kinsey, who, you know, they respect the work that he puts in, they respect his willingness to serve in a variety of roles for them, Mason Kinsey, I think, still has the most to prove to really try and get on the initial 53 if not for the entire season. They tell you you're going to be taking some snaps at quarterback. Uh, yesterday, they, they told me there was going to be a chance uh, if Malik went down, obviously, which I'm glad he didn't. But uh, And then before before the game today, uh, Braves was like, you know, I may I may put you in there for a snap or two. So that was kind of cool that he uh, threw me a bone on that one. Did you lobby to throw it all? I did, yeah. I was, I was kind of joking around with some of the guys like uh, – I hope they don't act like they're going to bring pressure because I'm going to check it and throw it deep if I see one of one of my guys in the receiver room pressed up out there. But 
nah, I just tried to stick to the read, handed it off the first time, and you know, gained however many yards on the second one. But it was it was a cool experience for sure. So when Graves told you the plan, did you know what play it was going to be, or did you kind of have to wait for a call like any other quarterback? I figured it was going to be a run play. Okay. <laughs> Majority just handed off. Uh, um, don't get too fancy with it, but. Um, you know, we practiced uh, like one play yesterday at practice, and that was the play that we ran. So uh, it's not like I, I hadn't done it before. It's my first time in there. But uh, like I said, it was a cool experience. And, uh, you know, it shows a little bit of trust that they trusted me to do it. So uh, it's a compliment to me, for sure. I, I take it as a compliment. So to his credit, he's found ways to stay on, on the practice squad, if not the active roster, for I believe this is going into – is this training camp number four for Mason Kinsey? Can that be so? I, I want to say it's three. I think it's three, training camp number three for Mason Kinsey. And, you know, if it's his year to make the active roster out of the gate, this seems like a pretty good opportunity. Uh, Cadillac Main says this is his year, bud. Ed Champ says he would take an XFL wide receiver over Mason uh, Kinsey today. Titans Rossi says make, Mason can make plays. I believe it. I, he doesn't even have to make plays, right? He just has to execute what it is that they're asking him to do. Now, is part of the function to make plays? Perhaps, but he just has to not be a liability. He has to capitalize on the trust that he's earned from that coaching staff by being willing to do whatever. But if they put him out there for a specific role, whether that's as a returner or if he gets some snaps on offense, he has to execute and just not cause problems. He can't have turnovers. He can't uh, muff punts, right? He can't have miscues where he's running the wrong route pattern and the quarterback runs an interception as a result. I'm not saying that that would happen, but it's not that he, it doesn't have to be an extreme one way or the other, or it shouldn't be an extreme one way or the other. He just has to get through a game, right? Or get through a couple of weeks if they're going to go with him in the absence of Kyle Phillips instead of, say, Kiaris Jackson or maybe use that roster spot for, I mean, I don't think Racing McMath makes the team. Uh, I don't think Colton Dow makes the team. I, those two have not done anything appreciably better to me other than they are more athletically and physically gifted than is Mason Kinsey. And maybe that's what the coaching staff will value because, you know, Kinsey has not, there's been no tangible improvement no tangible, and, and that's okay. Like he's a, to his credit, he's a D3 wide receiver who's lasted for a considerable amount of time, beaten the odds as an NFL player, to his credit. Even if it's not on the active roster, he has done well for himself. But there's been no, no tangible improvement in his ability, right? There is clearly a talent ceiling there, and that's okay. It's just, what are they going to value? Are they going to value reliability? Is he reliable to the extent that you can use him that way? And is it so much more valuable to the coaching staff and to the front office that it would exceed the value of somebody like Racing McMath who hasn't done anything of, of consequence in the NFL on special teams or as a receiver? Or Colton Dow, who's you know not just not better than any of them at this point. Uh, Treshawn Harrison or Gavin Holmes, not not making this roster. Kiaris Jackson is somebody who I would look at, but how how consequential is his injury? And he made himself available to practice on Wednesday, but is that going to hinder him in the game? We'll see. He's got he's somebody who has plenty to prove. A to Z Sports Primetime is presented 
by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Go to amandajgentry.com, wherever justice demands. She will protect your constitutional rights. She's there for you, particularly if you are a father. She is there to protect your constitutional rights to be a father to your child. A lot of people can ta- get taken advantage this uh, of this way. A lot of us simply don't know our constitutional rights or the extent of them. That's what Amanda J. Gentry and her team are there for. Go to amandajgentry.com and make sure your rights are protected today. So as you look at the opportunity that's in front of Mason Kinsey or Kiaris Jackson, those are kind of the two that I look at and say, all right, they've got unique opportunities there. I don't think McMath's in the equation. I don't think Dow is really in the equation. Although, to Dow's credit, he I think there has been at least a little improvement. JR says, Kyle Phillips is that girl you dreamed of dating, that, but then woke up to realize reality is harsh. Well, <laughs> he is... Um, He's a bit of a white whale, and I don't just do that because of his complexion, because you're chasing this slot receiver, and really it's not even him, it's that position. You're chasing a true slot, and you keep drafting these dudes to a type who have the ability to roll out of bed and play slot receiver in the NFL. But in the case of Adam Humphreys, not physically sustainable. In the case of Kyle Phillips, to date, not physically sustainable. Is that going to define Kyle Phillips' entire career? No. Could it? I mean, potentially, but it's too early to say. I'm not making any indictments of him for the entirety of his NFL existence just because these these this early going has been a struggle for him. But I do think that there is a, you know, there's an obvious need there, and it's why a guy like that is drafted in the fifth round. He's not durable, and or at least the size is going to make it difficult for him to be durable. And that's, you know, after doing what he could in the offseason to put on as much muscle mass and make himself durable. It's like Tua. There's only so much that you can do to overcome that stuff. Tua is somebody who's going to have a question mark around his durability his entire career because he's he's undersized for that position. Kyler Murray is going to have that around him. Hell, Baker uh, to an extent. There's just a lot to overcome when, you know, Jeff Simmons at 305 and six foot four runs faster than you, jumps higher than you, and also is landing on top of you at the same time, being not twice your size, but considerably bigger. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, Bryce Young is going to be up against that. It's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out in Carolina for his career. But I think that there's a couple of interesting candidates who have the most to prove in Friday's game. Now let's talk about guys who we think have the least to prove, guys who we think have a pretty good chance to make this roster as things stand right now, where Friday could benefit them, Friday could also hurt them, but who we think going in have a pretty good opportunity in front of them. We'll discuss at length together right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com, get your first workout free, get the best workout in Nashville, a new way to work out for the new you. TrueMath Fitness, their coaching staff is awesome. Their facility is exceptional. It's convenient. It's downtown Nashville. It's right there in the Gulch. It is the best place to get your physical fitness improved. Whether you are somebody who prefers group classes, personal training, or wants to work out at your own pace, sign up for a membership and have access to their open gym. TrueMath Fitness is the best place to get the best version of you. TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free. Uh Tafari says, do you honestly think they'll take the division? I, I don't do predictions. So um, 
I have no idea. I think Jacksonville's an objectively better football team right now. Will that be the case by the end of the year? I don't know. But going in, Jacksonville's obviously a better team. I don't think there's any, I don't think that really you dispute that. Now, I think the Titans, you know, the Titans do their best thing better than does Jacksonville. Jacksonville is going to be leading on Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is not yet a proven commodity. The Titans' defense is going to be gnarly. And to start the year, they are a proven commodity. You can't predict health on either of those things. But, like, the best thing for the Titans is better than the best thing for the Jags. I do think that Jacksonville on the whole is in a better situation to repeat uh, in the AFC South. Though, I think, you know, these things always come down to the wire. And the Titans and Jags have played uh, competitive games. I don't discount the Titans. I think that they're... Their win total was seven and a half. I'd probably bet the over on that. I think they're capable of probably nine uh, this year. And, you know, if the offensive line situation is improved even even marginally, like I think they're a competitive football team. So, you know, I'm not, I don't, like I said, I don't do predictions, but yeah, I bet it comes down to the two of them at the, at the end of the year. And, it's probably going to come down to the final game of the year. These things typically do. So we'll uh, we'll let the season play out. Uh, Rebecca Runyon says, Buck, are you drunk? Uh, no, I, uh, I'm working. But, you know, maybe in the next 20 minutes, I'll, uh, I'll pour myself a cocktail. Drake Wilson says 11 and 5. Uh, he says, I'm bugging. Um, I mean, no, I just, I, I, think that you're, uh, I think that your roster is totally suspect. Um, you know, defensively, not as much. But I think there's plenty of question marks about the offense. Listen, I, I, I give the Titans the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt is nine wins to me. Uh, they are a a suspect offensive line group with a new play caller, a 35-year-old quarterback, and right now uh, the healthiest and most reliable wide receiver is 31 years old, and he can't do it all in DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm going to I'm gonna give that some time to play out, but I think going in, my expectations are all right. They can, they can compete for a playoff spot. And I think uh, I think nine wins is completely within reason to be pushing for the AFC South. I think that nine to ten wins is probably what it's going to take to win the division. So if I'm saying that they're a nine-win football team and with the potential to be better if the offensive line is improved, then yeah, I think that's right in line with where they should be. They haven't they're not they haven't earned uh, they haven't earned anything that would say they're better in Jacksonville right now. They don't have a better quarterback situation. Trevor Lawrence is going to make some suspect decisions, and he's still an improving player, an ascending player, and Ryan Tannehill is what he is at this point. The question is, can the offense get a better version of Ryan Tannehill? Can they put him in better positions to succeed? Uh, that remains to be seen. Eric Davis does say correctly, the Jags have no defense. And they, I mean, that like the most important thing for the Jags, in the same way that it's going to be huge for the Titans if they can get something of, of consequence out of, Traylon Burks, Jacksonville needs uh, Trayvon Walker to to do something. Um, uh, there's just there's no way that the first overall pick can be as menial a pass rusher as he was. They have to they have to get improved efficiency and and uh, production out of him because the Jags defense was I mean uh, bad. They have they have some good players in their secondary, um, but without Arden Key, I don't know who's who's rushing the quarterback really. So we'll see what happens with Trayvon Walker. Maybe he comes out this year and he's he he develops into a, a, a better to above average interior pass rusher. That might be enough. Um, but right now, Jacksonville's in the same way that the offense is suspect. 
Uh, for Tennessee, I think the defense is is absolutely the thing that you have the biggest concerns about if you're looking at the Jags. Uh, as you look at the Colts, um, oh, did he? No, that's uh, it, Philadelphia on offense right now. Uh, 17 to 13. I'm watching on Amazon Prime. Much closer game than what was happening between Pittsburgh and the Falcons. So Indianapolis, you know, what's going on with Jonathan Taylor? He's their best offensive player. Is he going to be on the roster? That's the biggest question mark in Indy. And then Houston, what is the ceiling for C.J. Stroud in year one? And how much work that they've done to the roster can take effect immediately? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Rebecca Runyon says, Buck loves Duvall. Uh, No, I don't love Duvall County. I, in fact, Jacksonville, Ooh, I think Green Bay's my least favorite NFL city. Buffalo was pretty bad, too. Um, you know, basically anywhere that it's cold. I hate the cold. <laughs> but Jacksonville, like the city of Jacksonville, Duval County is is just god-awful. And that stadium is a cesspool. Um, although I know that they're planning some improvements. But as far as their football team goes, yeah. I mean, I would pick the Jags. Like, I don't do picks and stuff like that. But if you held a gun to my head or whatever and asked me to pick a division winner. Yeah, the, the smart pick there is the Jags. Um, anyway, let's uh, let's not get distracted. Let's talk about guys who have the least to prove in Friday's preseason game. We can get to we can get to like preseason like gut feeling stuff uh, next week, right? We'll have a whole week to talk about stuff like this. We'll look at the AFC South win totals because uh, I think a lot of them are pretty pretty interesting to talk about. I think the Titans probably got disrespected in their season win totals. Um, but they're still, you know, where most sports books are projecting them, still being picked as the second uh, best team uh, by most sports books in the AFC South. So we'll save that for next week when there's a little less to talk about without preseason games. Who's got the least to prove? Uh, Spears has the least to prove, says Kevin Jones. That's a great nominee. Skaronsky says Jackie Hulbert. I'd agree with Peter Skaronsky. Those two rookies are uh, right there, ready to rock. Um, Mo Francois's sportsbook are based on sentiment, not the roster. Of course, they're not based on sentiment. If Vegas was doing, making all their money on sentiment, then the casinos would not exist. That's, that's a ridiculous statement. Um, Spears says William Jones. Yeah, I really do agree. Least to prove, but can still hurt their stock tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, potentially, right? Like, I don't necessarily know that, uh, that Tajay Spears is going to get a bunch of work. Maybe he'll play a little bit, but I think I've seen enough from Tajay Spears to feel confident. JR says Tier Tart. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Tart is in any danger of missing the cut. Mass Max Augsburger says uh Caleb Murphy. And I do think that Caleb Murphy is a really good candidate. I don't know that they keep three outside linebackers. I think it depends on what happens with the quarterback and the wide receiver math knowing that you're going to have to manipulate the situation around Kyle Phillips and you know I think it's more likely than not that they keep three quarterbacks, but we'll see what happens on Tuesday, right? I don't think there's anything that guarantees that both Malik Willis and Will Levis are here uh, when we reconvene about a week uh, a week from today. But I think that Caleb Murphy is a really, really good candidate to be on the fringe for this roster, and he's somebody who, if they if they cut him on uh, on Tuesday, I think he'd have a I think they'd have a tough time getting him through on the waiver wire. I've been watching this Caleb Murphy the last two weeks in Tennessee. Free agent, undrafted, but he looks like he has an idea how to rush the passer. Like, I understand this is not the starting right tackle for the Vikings, but away from the slide, he goes inside. Swim move right here, okay? Takes down Nick Mullins. Now you watch him a little bit later in the game, okay? 
And you watch this right here. Here he comes. Now, what's the number one rule for defensive end rushing outside? Get, don't get deeper than the quarterback. So the quarterback steps up. What's he do? Spin. He's got a plan. And then when he gets there, he gets there in an angry mood. Like, I don't know what the role of Caleb Murphy is going to be, but he, Tennessee Titans want pass rushers. Everybody wants pass rushers. Maybe there's something there with Caleb Murphy. There's definitely something there. Uh, if any of you guys heard the uh, the Arden, that's, by the way, courtesy of Brian, uh, Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network. Baldy's breakdowns, always really, really good uh, when he does them on Twitter. I had Arden Key on the radio show, I guess that would have been Tuesday, and Arden was like, yeah, he's a natural pass rusher. Uh, he has, you heard Brian, uh, you heard Baldy talk about the pass rush plan. He's got different moves. He understands his leverage. Plenty of room for improvement, certainly, but he's got good size. He's got good length. Where they adjust for the numbers, can he contribute on special teams? I know that seems kind of like a trivial thing to mention but it is going to matter when they have to cut these things down is Caleb Murphy a plus player not just on defense but on special teams as well it will have to be taken in consideration for a fourth outside linebacker because you know they're going to keep at least three I have I I think he's going to end up on the outs um and I don't I don't love the idea of it because I think you want more pass rushers than not, I would rather see them, you know, roll with five wide receivers into the start of the season than I would lose Caleb Murphy. But we'll see how the quarterback thing impacts that, and obviously the injuries that they've had at wide receiver right now are going to uh, are going to be a part of that conversation. It's going to do it for. Oh no, we got to do weekend bounce back. I'm an idiot. We'll do weekend bounce back. Who needs to bounce back the most in sports? I'm uh, I'm not trying to cut you guys short on your prime time show. Uh, let me know in the comment section, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length together right after I remind you that the primetime program is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found courtesy of the Ashton team, the official real estate group of the Nashville Predators. So who, need, who needs to bounce back in sports the most this week? Uh, there's probably a, di a number of different people that you could choose from. You could say Malik Willis, right? Malik did not look overwhelmingly good on Saturday night in Minnesota. Malik could stand with some improvement. Will Levis didn't play in Minnesota at all. Will Levis could really create a better opportunity for himself and make Malik Willis a little more disposable should he go out there and show tangible consequential improvement, even as he's just been watching practice uh, without pads on, did participate in practice on Wednesday, but they weren't in full pads. So I think there's a lot of different places that you could go for. Uh, B French says Buck has alcohol on his mind, trying to cheat us out of time. You know, it's funny because I'm not really a, not really a drinker. Um, but uh, you know, I'd be lying to you if Thursday at the end of the primetime show, my eyes don't start to wander towards the weekend. And I love the idea of doing a Friday preseason game and uh, having my last work obligation, or at least getting about, you know, maybe about 24 hours off <laughs> this weekend after a Mike Brable press conference at noon. And between uh, that and primetime on Sunday night, love the idea of getting a, getting a little time to myself this weekend without an airport. Are you kidding me? That sounds great. 
but uh no not uh not trying to uh not trying to cheat you guys at a time who needs to bounce back this week in sports well i think jerry jones is a great nominee even though jerry doesn't need a bounce back jerry it bounces off him jerry is the teflon don especially when he makes comments about players who have been uh you know popped for their second consecutive reckless driving charge and jerry's asked about it at the podium and he's up there cracking wise faster he drives 100 miles an hour and has a wreck you know in this i mean how do you conjugate all that how, how do you balance those things well uh, first of all i'm saying that he is as which is more often the case than not uh, this sh- sounds a little hollow but he does and is uh, maturing, uh, and he is. Um, the uh, uh, what was he going? Sixty-six. Was he going sixty-six miles an hour? Last year. No, this year. So he's thirty-four miles an hour less than this year than he was last year. Ninety-eight, sixty-six. So that's improvement. I mean. Like, the guy wheezing in the background, the reporter wheezing in the background is objectively ridiculous. Like, pull yourself together. You're a professional. Or you're supposed to be. Um, I You shouldn't laugh at the joke. It It's just Jerry being Jerry. It's an awful thing to joke about. Because, you know, I mean, we're not that far removed from Henry Ruggs killing a woman and her dog because of uh, speeding at a, at a rate that was completely unsafe. There's incidents like this all the time. So the fact that Jerry's making jokes about it, you know, it's just kind of like, an eye roll and like really dude but he's jerry jones he doesn't he doesn't care he doesn't have to be better and you know when you got bleep you money like jerry jones does and everything that you do or everything that you say just rolls off you the way that jerry jones has and you're still i mean jerry's probably the most powerful owner still in the nfl at this point yeah he doesn't have to care so i would say that he needs to bounce back but he uh he, he's, uh, he's never, he, he doesn't ever seem to be down bad enough to need the bounce back. Um, Eric Alonzo says, uh, would like to see me on the raw room. I've done the raw room. I did that. Oh shit. When, when did I do the raw room? That was, it's been a year ago at least, but yeah, I've done the raw room. It was a lot of fun. I, I love hanging out with the, with Batesy and the crew. They're uh, they're a great time. That's a fun podcast. Uh, I'm, Certainly, certainly go back on the raw room. I think he's, I think he's out there coaching in Seattle and in, in Bates, uh, or at least doing some kind of coaching internship uh, with the with the Seahawks right now. I don't know that he's on their staff, but uh, you know, I don't know that he's. I mean, I think he's probably still doing stuff with the podcast remotely. But uh, yeah, they're having a lot. Of, they're having a lot of success. Good to good to see the guys take off the way that that has. Uh, have I spoken? Are you talking to me? Asking me if I've spoken with Derek Henry face to face? Yeah, for like the last seven years. <laughs> my life for uh 45 minutes a day three days a week not Derek for 45 minutes a day but like yeah I mean that's part of my job I go in the locker room I ask players questions about what they did or didn't do at practice or in games um which is you know cool but that's uh yeah the all the videos that we take that you that we play for you on the primetime show that you see a to z post on twitter it's it's not like we're you know we're, we're all taking those where they're taking those and talking to them every day um Mar says it's part of being part of the good old boys club, Buck. You can say and do whatever you want with no consequence. Talking about Jerry Jones, yeah, that's absolutely spot on. Uh, Jerry is Jerry is not a part of it. He is the ringleader, to be sure. 
going to do it for us tonight. Uh, no primetime, obviously, tomorrow. There'll be a football game. I'll be at the football game. If you guys are going to be at the football game, make sure you say hi. Going to be hot as all hell. Uh, so if you are out there, if you're tailgating, please be safe. Please hydrate. Please, uh, you know, wear the appropriate clothing. Nissan Stadium can be an absolute fire pit uh, in the elements. So, you know, I know the sun's going to be down. The kickoff's at 715, or at least it'll be cooling off. But, uh, yeah, please, if you are going to the game or if you're doing anything outside, if you're working outside right now, please be safe because tomorrow I think is going to be the hottest day of this ungodly hot week that we've been experiencing here in Middle Tennessee. Um, radio show tomorrow from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Coach Dave McGinnis, he's calling the Titans game with Mike Keith. He'll be on the radio show at 1130. So we'll uh, preview the preseason finale with Mac at 1130, and we'll look forward to hanging out with you and taking your phone calls on 104.5 The Zone tomorrow morning. Have a great rest of your weekend, and I'll talk to you Sunday night. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year, we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.